0: Sheet. You're not signing up, but it is an interest sheet, and so if you're interested in a ladies Bible study, put your name down. Now, uh, also give us a contact: yeah text, phone, email, whatever you want. best Best way to contact you regularly, uh, in, in case to reach out. But also on this little sheet, I know we got a lot of sign-up things here. Uh, there are some times: um, four o'clock, four thirty-six. This is the time that you think would work good for you. Um, uh, it would probably be midweek, almost guaranteed it will be midweek. Um, but if there's a different time, like let's say you would like it at um, uh, 3 a.m., go ahead and write that down. It ain't gonna happen, but you can write it down anyways, you know. And we'll just pray for you that you're up that early. No, but um, this is if, um, so. If there's no time, just write it next to you. Say basically, if you're interested, put your name, a contact, and and a circle of time, or put your time that you'd like. Say hey, morning or instead. And um, I'm not going to give it to James or to Zach because they're not women either, unless you want to go. All right, we'll start it with Bonnie. And we'll just just go ahead and let it go back and just make sure it gets right. If, if you don't get this, that you're interested in it, find it in the back. It will. Everything's always in the back somewhere back there. Amen. It's good to see you guys. Amen. Um, somebody be in control of the heater thing. If it starts getting warm, at least turn on the fan it's warm it's i'm I'm like i don't know if it's me or not it is a little warm so we can turn that ac thing on somebody knows how to do that and that's gonna be amazing i need a little light this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine this little light of mine Mm -hmm. what book are we in Hey, hey, the Bible, there we go, we are in the Bible, good, we are not in the Pearl of Great Price, or any of those other possible books, we are in the Bible, in the second book of the Bible, called Exodus, Exodus, sorry about that, amen, I'm going to be back and forth glasses on. We're gonna be in chapter three, and we are gonna do the entire chapter today. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can follow along because actually I'm gonna read almost the entire chapter uh, this morning. Um, in case you didn't read your Bible this week, at least you'll get one chapter in for the week. I hope that is not the case. Um, I encourage you to be reading your Bible every day, um, even just even just a few passages. Get the word of God in you. Let the let the Lord speak to you through the Word of God. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you gave us your Word. You preserved it. It has been a, a book that has been tried to have been annihilated um, for, for centuries and centuries. God, but your Word lives on. Father, this morning as we go into the book of Exodus, we pray, I pray that you would help us to hear what you would speak to us individually and corporately as a body. You would challenge us. You would encourage us. God, um, pray that it would be more than a, a history lesson, although that is, that is part of the lesson today. God, but it would be um, enlightening and encouraging for us to follow you in what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Hey, who, who enjoyed Bishop Abel last week? Isn't that good? Amen. You know, you guys, it's okay to occasionally say amen. We should be, you know, that's, that's an okay thing to do. Uh, he, he asked for that. It was, it was good. It, it encourages the preacher. So don't feel weird if you go amen, if you like that, or um, uh, you don't have to. But uh, I know every once in a while I want to say that. And uh, years ago, um, I grew up kind of Pentecostal. I'm just going to tell a little fun story. Uh, you know, this church was, was very spirit filled, very charismatic, very Pentecostal. And I got saved in this church, and, and we were a hooting church. we would yell and hallelujah and praise the Lord and amen and even even occasionally some preach it brothers and I was visiting another church up here I won't say which one it was um, but I was visiting another church I was young in the faith and it was a great church service and the pastor was was preaching on and in the middle I just got so excited I said preach it brother (laughs) and he didn't he stopped the entire congregation rubbernecked around at me like, what are you doing? And I realized I wasn't at home and I needed to be appropriate in the church I am. So, but it is, if you, wanna, if you get excited and the Lord is speaking to you, it, it's exciting. It can encourage somebody else to get something out of it. Who likes to go to a football game that all the, the fans are like, yay. Go, go, go. Touchdown. Mm. Right? I mean, so it's okay to be excited about Jesus also. And um, anyways, we're we're talking about Moses this morning in the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus is extremely deep and rich of theology. And encouraging stories that that I really want you to be spending time reading. There's even, you know, get yourself a commentary. There's wonderful stories here. There is no way that I could preach everything in almost any chapter. As I was preparing in chapter 3, I think I came up with like seven messages and and i mean they're they're just so good i'm not i'm not going to preach them all this morning but we're gonna try to fly by some things i want to bring some points out to you so as you're reading you can kind of get some history some understanding of the time and the people and and then bring it home with uh this special call because uh chapters three and four is the call of moses if you're going to take some notes you could even put that down this is where god is calling moses to be the person that God has called him to be. And uh, even if you're not familiar with the Bible at all, um, you've probably seen, well, some of you have seen an old movie Um, called uh, The Ten Commandments, and we know the story about the burning bush. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the burning bush today. Some of you saw a movie called The Prince of Egypt. That might be more your speed in the timeline, and those things are in here too, Um, where God appears to Moses, and and I'm really just amazed at that sight. So we're going to start at the beginning. Actually, I'm going to go back and start a little bit in Chapter 2 because it's important for us to hear this starting at verse 23. Now, it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And remember, the, the Israelites had been in, bond, or they'd been in bondage. They were living in Egypt first as just living, and then they became in bondage. And the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. Listen to this. Their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Now, that's the reason I want to start there is, is it's important for us to know that, that the Israelites, they were crying out, but God heard them. We can be encouraged that when we cry out, God hears us. He acknowledges us. The word at at, at the end where I said God acknowledged them is the word yada, which means to know. And it really means uh, to know intimately, to know personally. God knew them. He heard them. And because he heard them, he's responding to their cry. And so it's important even for us to know that when we cry out, God is listening. God is responding. Now, we also know that he doesn't always answer us when we want him to answer that one deserved an amen. (laughs) And he doesn't always answer the way we want him to answer, right? I mean, and, and, but now looking back at some of the times you wanted him to answer a certain way and he didn't, aren't you glad he didn't? Amen. (laughs) Right. There's some, looking back, we go, whoa, I am so glad he didn't, you know, give me what I thought I wanted at the time. Um, and so God, the people cried out, and God acknowledged them, starting verse chapter 3. So Moses was tending the flock, catching up. Remember, Moses had to escape um, because he killed uh, a Hebrew. Uh, I'm sorry, he, kill, he killed an Egyptian, and then he got, broke up a fight with the Hebrews, and the Pharaoh wanted to kill him. So he went out to the desert, and he's been living for 40 years in the desert, tending sheep. Spent his first 40 years Living in the house of Pharaoh. We can find this in the book of Acts, chapter seven, uh with uh Stephen's discourse and Exodus chapter seven, actually. Um both. Exodus ch- uh, seven I believe it's chapter seven and, and Acts, um where it talks about the forty years in Pharaoh's house and the forty years with Jethro. So he's eighty. Okay, your life's not over yet, it's not over for Moses. That's what the message is gonna be we'll talk a lot about today. So he's been tending the flocks, he's been living out in the in the wilderness, it's really not a desert, it's a wilderness. Um, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. A couple of quick things. Why did he go out to the backside of the desert? Probably because the pasture land was good a, a little ways away and that it was getting used up. But I love this. He came to Horeb, the mountain of God. This same Horeb is the mountain range where Mount Sinai is. And, and so we're talking about the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, where so much happens um, in the Bible. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And so Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Uh, Again, I want to go through here. I want us to understand um, there are angels in the world. There are angels that, that come and they do things. Um, most scholars believe that in this particular instance, when it says the angel of the Lord, it's actually talking about God himself is appearing. And we know that God is here, whether it's a, both an angel or, and the Lord or just the Lord. Um, but the angel Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Now, fire is, is, does a couple of things, but it represents purification, and it also represents sacrifice. Okay, so God is coming in the flame of fire in the midst of the bush. Moses looks. Behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Um, Ever heard of spontaneous combustion? Good luck. (laughs) How do you translate that in sign language? I don't know. Spontaneous combustion happens in desert places and so 40 years in the in the desert there's things that just would sometimes catch on fire i mean you know we have fires that start naturally here moses was a, was familiar with fire so he sees this fire and but he pays attention now he's a shepherd shepherds aren't supposed to be distracted by things that aren't dangerous and important He's supposed to be caring for the flock but he looks and he's, and he realized that the bush was burning but it wasn't being consumed. So he took, he saw this ordinary event, an ordinary event, and looked a little bit deeper. And then he realized that the bush was not being consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight sight, why the bush does not burn. So the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, and God called to him from the midst of the bush, and he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses answers, here I am. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And then the Lord begins to go in, and he says, I I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. There's a lot of ites. And therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I'm going to stop there. There's so much we just just covered. I want to hit a few things and then and then go back and, and really get the meat of this message. But it's, I just want to bring a few things out because it's, it's fun to learn history or, or culture why these things are happening. So, you know, again, remember, pay attention. Moses saw a bush, but, but something led him to go and take a closer look and when he does that's when god appears to him we're going to get to this in a second it's not until moses is looking deeper and wondering what's happening that god actually begins to address moses and he says um don't draw near this place take your sandals off your feet listen there it was nothing special about the place until god showed up the place is only holy because god is holy and in his presence holy now why did he have to take off his sandals um we we really don't know for sure but but middle eastern cultures still do out of sign of respect and reverence and awe some people say it's to be close to what god created so so but there's a change now moses has to get rid of his shoes and, he, and he's realizing he's in the presence of god he is in a holy place and then god says i am the god of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And um, I'm going out, you know, extra extra commentary here. But I, I was reading that, and I thought this is interesting. Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh, so he was familiar with all the gods of Egypt. You know, over a thousand gods. The, the Egypt had a ton. Just. just tons of gods then he's living with his father-in-law jethro who yes was part of of the of god's family but he was not part of the clan of abraham and isaac and jacob he was outside of that so we believe that jethro was a god fear but he did, was probably not uh familiar with all this and god comes to moses and he lets him know listen i'm not the god of the egypt and i'm not the same god that your father-in-law completely worships I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He also, if Moses hasn't been talking to him, is proving that he knows Moses' past. Moses grew up in in Egypt, and so he knew all the gods of Pharaoh, but he also grew up knowing who he was. We know that he knew that he was a Hebrew because he went out and he went among his people at the age of 40. He knew that they were his people, so he knew the things of God. And God is telling him, I know who you are, I am that God, you're God. Um, and Moses then hides his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Now, God is speaking to him from the bush, and, and Moses has that dread, and I believe that that's something that we should also have when we when we're dealing with God, and that's. Not just reverence, but the understanding that God is holy. God is amazing. We had this discussion just a few days ago in, in in our men's group. We have lost the fear of God in this nation. And we don't understand. There is something that should come across us um, of this amazing power and a sense of dread, yet love and respect when we're in the presence of God. He is not our homie you hear people talk about God's my homie and I'm like a little more respect now he is my best friend right I mean he loves us and he's closest he's close to us but we've got to remember he is also so much above that he is a holy God and without Christ which Moses didn't have we couldn't approach him his holiness was so incredible that's why people always stayed away. In fact, we're going to find out later that the people of, the, the people of Israel didn't even want to get close to, to Moses. They don't want to go up the mountain. They don't want to be close to God because of this understanding of God's holiness. And if we really admit it, we are not holy. We're not holy. If it wasn't for Jesus, we cannot approach at all. So he's, he's hiding his face. He's afraid to look upon God. We also know that anyone who looks upon God dies. This is a serious moment. And so then the Lord goes in and he begins to speak to to Moses and he talks about the oppression that they had and that he heard their cries, we read at the very beginning. And he says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey the place of the Canaanites, he goes through and lists six of the, of the seven major tribes there, Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites Perizzites, all these people groups are descended um, from obviously from Adam and Eve but many of them come from the line of Noah and his son Ham and, um, and, 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 and these are people who are living in this so they had an understanding of God but they were outside of the promise of God the same people in, in uh, Genesis that when God said to Abraham, I'm going to bring you into the land of the Canaanites. Um, they, these guys have been around for a long time, but God gave them 400 years. This is important. It is just a good thing to know. God gave the Canaanites and the, and the Jebusites, all these people groups, 400 years to repent before he brought Israel in to take over the land. There's just a real quick one in this. God is calling all people to repentance and he even gave these people a time to repent and come back to him fully before he let the israelites go in and take their lands and some of them did many men some of those people actually came to the right god um to a land flowing milk and honey simple uh milk and honey here just represents um goats not cows goats which the the milk represents the fatness and the meat of the goat which means plenty so it was a land that had plenty of food and it was rich and honey was actually just so you know it, it was not the honey that we know is probably come from dates but it, it, you could s- live completely on just milk and honey because it was the the kind of the dew from the the dates and the and the, of course the goat's milk and it's, it was just representing the plentiness of the land that he was going into Um, go on to verse 9 therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them so come and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people the children of Israel out of Egypt and Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt Moses is not a very willing participant in what God has for him and I know that we're not either Sometimes God is calling us to things, and we, we have all these questions. Moses, we're going to find uh, four main questions and, and excuses that Moses comes up with over the next couple weeks, um, two in chapter 3, two in chapter 4. First, he says, uh, who am I? So he said, well, who am I to go to them and bring them out? Remember, 40 years ago, I went out there and just tried to break up a fight, and they wouldn't receive me. Who am I? Then uh, a little later, late, he's going to ask well, what do I tell them? So, okay, what do I tell them? God's going to answer all these things. And then in f- chapter 4, he's going to a- ask the question, well, I have never been eloquent. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And finally, in, in, in verse 10 in chapter 4, which we're not going to get to today, he just goes all the way and says, please send someone else. Just please send someone else. I don't want to do it. Okay? We don't, we don't want to be this part of Moses, but we can relate with him. Who's ever not wanted to do something God had him to do, right? That's like, yeah, there's things that God it calls us to do that, uh, that we don't want to do. Um, when I was younger, um, I didn't want to be a pastor, and um, I never wanted to live on the mission field. I had been to foreign countries, and I liked to visit them, but I didn't want to live there because it wasn't as nice and easy. You know, I was, there, there was an old song back in the 80s, Please Don't Send Me to Africa, You know, it was a a funny Christian song. Please don't send me to That was my song. I didn't want to go. I'll go short term. Um, Then I married a woman who didn't want to be married to a pastor. (laughs) Who wanted to go on the mission field. But I didn't. So we got married, and I didn't want to be a pastor, but I, I figured it worship and, and, and other things, uh, evangelism. Um, and so. But she goes, well, I don't want to be a pastor, so at least we have that in common. But I'd like to go live on the mission field. And I'm like, no way, Jose. And But in the back of my head, I said, well, if I did go on the mission field, it would probably be a Latin American country because I speak Spanish. And so, Shannon, we found out after this short amount of time that she says, well, yeah, I want to go to the mission field, but not Latin America. In fact, anywhere but Latin America, she, really, she saw herself living in a hut um, surrounded by you know, um, little black babies like in Africa, you know, and barefoot. I can't forget that part, barefoot. So, so that's what she, th- she thought she wanted, and then, and then she knew what she didn't want, and I didn't want these things. And so it would have been really easy for, for us to do at the time to so say, hey, I want you guys to be missionaries. I'd be like, no, thank you. Um, but God wore, wore us down, and he sent us. Uh, as missionaries uh, full-time to Latin America <laughs> where they the people down there begin to call me pastor and I realized I was stepping into a new manless pastor so be careful what you tell God that you don't want to do because you might just start doing it so Moses is is just like us he's like oh what about me and 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 can I do this and what am I what am I going to tell them and he has all these questions can you relate a little bit Moses? I, I can't. We always want to know everything. I look out in the room. There's some of you when something comes up, we say, hey, we're going to go to the women's conference. Some of you are like, yay! You don't care. Your details just escape you. you just, and some of you are like, where are we going to stay? Two months ahead of time, you go, what time are we leaving? <laughs> Two months ahead of time. You want to know what time you're leaving right? You want to know everything. Some of you are like, you wanting to look at your neighbor, aren't you? Going, that's you. You know, you want to know everything about it. It's a personality thing. Thank God for those people, because those are the same people that hopefully plan their retreat, and they know what we're going to do. It's important. So Moses is going, okay, well, if I'm going to go, what am I going to tell them? Listen, I want you to see this. First question. Moses said to God, who am I that should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of egypt let me let me give a, a another uh picture of what this is saying i just I just don't think I can do it because i'm just I'm not very good and I'm not probably smart and I just don't know and here's what what normally we what we do oh you you're you're so smart, you know you're you're good you can do this and and you know think about that time you did that remember that you know you can do this too right that's what we tell people we just go along we go James you're just so good you could do it you're just amazing and and God is just like that listen to how God encourages Moses who am I Moses says who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and God says I will certainly be with you that's his answer this is not about you, Moses. This is about me. You're going to go, and I'm going to be with you, and I'm not going to call you and tell you that you're all ready for this. No, I'm there, so just don't worry about it. He could have said, Moses, you grew up in Pharaoh's house. You spent 40 years. You know the language. You know the people. This is, I made you for this. You've got everything you need, and he could have done all that. He says, no, I'm not going to do any of that. God says, I'm going to be with you. Church, that's all we need. That's all we need when God calls us to do something, is to say, are you going with me? Later on, when they're going through the wilderness, they go, God, if you're not going with us, I'm not going. He learned his lesson. All we need to know, God, are you with me? I'll do it. See, because I believe that where God guides, he provides. If he's leading you to do something, he's going to give you everything you need to do it at the time that you need to do it. But you don't need to be coddled ahead of time. You just need to step out in faith. You know, I I love this. I always just think of like taking that step and just falling. Just go. Go with it. And God says, I will be with you. I love this next part. I read this over and I went, God, you just got such such a sense of humor. Some of us want a sign, right? Okay, give me a sign. Okay. Right? We, we pray for the sign. We pray for the fleece. Remember, God was not happy with Gideon for pray, praying that the fleece was wet and dry. He, but he, he humored Gideon. We'll get there another time. It says, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. Oh, right? Amen. We want a sign. You want a sign? It's going to be good. good. Good sign, right? Listen, if you, if you didn't catch this before and you read it, you're going to go, oh, my goodness. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. So your sign, you don't get until after you did it. (laughs) Oh, good. Isn't that amazing? Guys, you don't get a sign. You don't always get a sign. You get God says, go, I'll be with you, go. Go and he'll be with you. And then at the end of it, here's what God does so often, is he said, see, I was with you. <sighs> it's called faith. For us, it feels, it feels dangerous. It feels uh, not smart. Um, we we, we want to be, you know, I'm, I am so conservative. I am, I am Mr. Consensus guy. Like, you know, I mean, it's like, hey, we're thinking about painting. Well, do you like, I'll be like, well, do you like this brown? Do you, I'll take censuses everywhere I go until I get, oh, we like this brown, okay. So I don't know if you, any of you are like that, but, but we want to have all this uh, encouragement and support in our decisions, and God is telling Moses, I've got a plan. I'm going to deliver the people. I'm going to use you, but don't worry about you because I'm going to be with you. And at the end of it, you'll look back and go, oh there was God. If we stopped right now and just had testimonies, we, we could do that and people would come up and say, and they'd come up with these amazing stories. One time God led me through this and, and it wasn't until this happened that I looked back and went, wow God, you were with me every step of the way. Every step of the way. But in the middle of it, isn't it hard? This, this next... Part in verse 13, Moses said to God, okay, so I've come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and say to the, uh, and they say to me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. In the Hebrew, that means I am who I am. I will be who I will be. It it has an understanding that he is self-existence. He exists. And so you shall say to the children of israel i am has sent me to you now this i am is so important because it's part of the name that we're going to hear in just a moment it's 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 i'm going to say it like a like a karate guy Hayah. it's hayah, h-a-y-a-h i am and that's that's an understanding of who god is But then, right after this, he's going to give him a name. He says, just tell them I am who I am. I am has sent me. And then he says, in addition, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord, God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Jacob, has sent me to you. Do you guys see that in your Bible? And you go, okay. That's his name. Lord. But it's not Lord in the Hebrew Bible, and if you look at, if you're looking at your Bible right now, it says capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Whenever you see the the name Lord capitalized like that, that is the English. That's telling us in English that the the holy name of God was used, which is Yahweh. So whenever you see y, uh, uh, L-O-R-D all in capitals, you need to say you need to put in there Yahweh. Now, now the um, a lot of uh, Jews won't say Yahweh. This is this is called a tetragram. It's four letters Y H W H. Some of you've seen that Y H W H. It's it's the it's the you know, the yud and the he, and the vav and the he again. Y H W H. God's name was holy, and they knew how to say it at one time. But through the years, God's name was so holy that they they stopped pronouncing it because they didn't want to say it wrong, and they didn't even know how to say it because there were, all the vowels were missing. In ancient Hebrew, there was no vowels. So they wrote HWH, and they stopped saying it, and then they actually forgot how to say it because nobody would ever say it. So we don't know how to say it. We say Yahweh. His name is holy. This is the self-existing God. Now, if you look at the word I am and the word Yahweh, it's, the same, it's, it's, it's three of the four of the same letters. The name Yahweh means I am. I am self-existence. I am holy. I am God. And he says, that's who I am. Even today, most Jews and and many people, when they see the word Yahweh, they they were trained to say Adonai. Sometimes they'll say Elohim. Um, They'll say different words for God because his name is so holy. Yeah, good luck. Sorry. (laughs) Spell it. Next. (laughs) I'm sorry. He goes on. So you shall say to the children of Israel, Yahweh, Elohim of your fathers, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, is sending me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. God is finally revealing himself. The name has been used, but he's revealing himself as this name and saying, this will be my name, and this is forever. We're not just going to be generic and say, God or Elohim, it's Yahweh. And then he goes and he tells them, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, Yahweh, Elohim of your fathers, the, the Elohim, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me saying, I've visited you and I've seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I've said, I will bring you up out of the affliction. So he's telling Moses, go talk to the elders. Tell them first. Tell them first. Then after that, because they're going to listen to you, says in verse 18, then you're going to go to Pharaoh. Go down to um, 19. But I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Isn't that great Moses I'm gonna call you you're gonna go do something for me okay but he's not gonna let you do it it's great it just gets better it just gets better I will he will not let you go not even by a mighty hand so this is where it gets fun I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in its midst after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. Every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house. Listen, this is what he's telling them. Come on, all the Jewish girl ladies, they're going to go up to their, their, their neighbors and say, hey, give me some gold. Actually, it, it actually says you're supposed to ask, Please. Please, can I have some riches? And they are going to give them to you. Silver, gold, clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? And we're going to find out that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to get all, all the plagues. We're going to find out how God moves. going to next, uh, next week we're talking talk about chapter 4. One of the things that's, that, that I want to point out here is, uh, it, we'll do it again, but, but at, when they leave after the Passover, and, they, and the Pharaoh finally lets them go, and they actually do get gold, silver, articles of jewelry and things, they plunder the Egyptians, and they go out into the land. Shortly after that, they do something kind of bad, right? They make a cow, and they worship the cow. And it says, and they brought together... Articles of gold and silver, and earrings and jewels—you know what it was—all the stuff that they plundered from the Egyptians. They made the cow to worship. Interesting. And so, even what God wanted to give them because of their disobedience, um, they end up drinking it. They don't even get it. They don't want to be disobedient. Okay. So that's chapter three. I want to hit some 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 uh, a big point in this that God spoke to me this week. Is we've we've seen God who is Yahweh reveal himself the God who heard the the prayers and the cries of his people Um, he is God we don't have to be uh, concerned God is our God he's always existed you know we, we get that's a wonderful default when we're having a debate a talk with somebody who doesn't believe in in God but they believe in creation we get to start asking well if you don't believe in a creator who created everything well it just was where did it come from? But at least with us, we go, well, because we, they go, well, where, where did God come from? That's, the, that's what's great about God. He's just, he, he's the self-existent one. He's there. He is Yahweh. I want to go back, talk about this experience with Moses and his, and his time. Forty years old, he's he, 40 years, approximately 40 years he spent in the house of Pharaoh. Growing up, learning, um, he was taught, he was educated, um, and then he leaves, and he spends another 40 years out uh, working. He's just a working guy. Now, I don't know if Moses knew, ever knew what his call was at the beginning. I mean, he was saved from death and, and taken into the house of, of Pharaoh, and, and we know that his mom raised him as a wet nurse. Um, we believe that later Moses knew his brother. Um, we're going to see that in chapter 4. He already knew who Aaron was, so he knew his, his mom and his brother. So, He at some point knew the story and I believe that he had relationship probably with his mom growing up and come on a Jewish mom She's gonna tell him all the good stuff You were created special Moses She told him and I think he knew somewhere inside You know he went out to go to go rescue his people at the age of 40 and he and he sees the the Hebrews fighting and He tries to stop it and and uh, that's that's when it goes bad and he runs into the wilderness and then he spends the next 40 years. And I'm sure at year 41, he was like, okay, you know, year, year one in his, in his uh, tending sheep, he might have been like, you know, but God's got something for me. My mom always told me. I, I believe it. Year two, you know, I think that God's got a plan for me. Year three, year four, and year five. How long would he hold on to that dream? There's a lot of us in this room who believe that there's been a dream at one point in your life, and maybe you're 40 years into your work and nothing has happened, and you're going, I guess it's not going to happen to me. Moses lived to be 120 years old. So I I just like to break things down for us. Probably not too many of us are going to make it to 120. But maybe 90, 80, 75, right? those Those are okay numbers. So if, if you're going to live to 90, then a third of your life is 30, and the next, 30, the next third is another 30. That gets you to 60. So let's just say you're going to make it to 90. Put yourself in this story. You're 60. You're, you're ready for retirement. You're, that, that's, it's on the horizon. I'm going to retire. I've been working at this job for 30 years. I'm done. And I thought things were going to be different. I thought I was going to do something. I felt like God had told me I was going to do something. But I spent the last 30 years working at Kmart. And nothing happened. And God shows up to visit Moses. And he says, I have a plan for you. And get ready, you 80-year-old. You're going to go deliver my people out of Egypt. You're going to confront Pharaoh... And I'm gonna be with you doing it. You know, God's not done with you yet. And I'm looking, we got we got young people, we got middle aged people, we got some some people getting we got some people in the room who are Moses' age. Amen. Amen. God's not done. God is not done, and if you will Hear the voice of God. Now, how did Moses first hear, the, hear his voice? Listen, it's, this is really important. Moses is out tending sheep. He's watching the sheep, and there's a fire. Normal, right? It's just that happens. You know, there's no fire department, and out there, they, oh, there's a fire over there. I'm safe. Okay, that even happens to us. We see smoke. We get on the thing. It says, where's the fire? And we go, oh, it's 50 miles away. We're not too worried about it yet. He sees it. But in the ordinary fire, and it's just a bush. It's not a big blazing fire. It's it's a bush. It's It's actually a thorn bush, probably an acacia tree. It's on fire. He takes the time away from tending the sheep to go see an ordinary event. Because God sometimes is in the middle of an ordinary event. But you need to look for him. There's actually a miracle happening in the ordinary event that most people would walk by and not see. We have these all the time. Do you know on an average day, 350,000 babies are born in the world? That's a lot of babies. 350,000 babies. And every one of them is a miracle. How can something that happens 350,000 times a day be a miracle? Because God is in it. And it is a miracle. There's things that happen in your life all the time that are ordinary events that we need to slow down and begin to look for God in. Take the time to listen, to to set aside and and, and look to see God. What are you doing? Look for God in ordinary events. Look for God in the day-to-day. And it's not until Moses looks aside. Listen. Listen. Moses said, "I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush doesn't burn." Now, first he noticed it, now he's realizing there's something there, so now he's going to really investigate. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, that's when God called him. Some of us are some of you in this room might be saying, "Well, why doesn't God call me? Are you looking?" Have you slowed down long enough to look for God? Are you ready to hear from him? He's a consuming fire. But if we're just off tending our sheep, we're not going to slow down enough to go see the burning bush. And God did not chase Moses down. Moses went to God. And God begins to give him the plan for his future. And for some of us, we would have excuses like Moses, but they might sound like, I'm too old. I don't have enough money. I'm not talented enough. I'm afraid of, of people. I can't speak to people. They're going to laugh at me. You don't know what I've done in the past. That's a big one. You know, I've, I've done some horrible things and people won't receive me over it. God's answer to you is his answer to me his answer to Moses it's okay you're fine no I will be with you and that's all we need that's all we need one of the reasons he 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 doesn't always just he doesn't encourage us I, I believe is because I've been cheered up by people and sometimes it just doesn't work huh right somebody comes up and says it tells you all the good things that you are and your mind goes yeah you don't really know me do you <laughs> and we have another excuse of why I can't do it yeah you know you think that I'm really smart and you think you say that but you know I used to cheat on my tests you know you say that I can do it but I have a pornography problem I have this I have this God wants to deliver you from all those uses. he wants to deliver you from the pornography problem as well and he wants to use you as you submit to him I will be with you but don't worry it's going to be really easy Pharaoh's going to do exactly what you ask him to do it's in there somewhere I think don't we wish don't you wish that God called you to do something and then it was just easy some of you have been called to something and you went okay well god's you know what if there's god's calling me to it there's not going to be any opposition and and you don't say that but here's what you say there's so much opposition to this i don't think god's in it you know that's a big sign that it probably is of god because there's a whole bunch of opposition to it follow him take that step and 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 guess what's going to happen pharaoh's going to tell you no and then somebody, then he's going to lie to you. He's going to say, okay, yes. And then he's going to change his mind. No. The, the, the call of God on your life, the call of God on my life to, to, to just be obedient is going to be met at times with major opposition. Uh, amazing. We're going to find out in the story that, that uh, God gives him, in chapter 4, he gives him his staff, and he's got all these miracles, and I could just see Moses playing around with the miracles. We'll talk about that next week. Because he, he actually did them more than once. He did them a number of times. And Aaron's like, wow, this is really cool. Okay, let's go to the elders. Elders are good. Elders are on board. They go to Pharaoh. I know we're not there yet. And Pharaoh says, what, are you crazy? No. He goes again, and Pharaoh goes, you guys have too much time on your hands. I'm going to make life harder for the Hebrews. Again, we're not there. And the elders turn against Moses. Guys, push through. What God calls you to be, what God calls you to do, keep pushing, keep pushing. Pray, be obedient, listen to that call of God. It's not too late. I'm looking around this room. There's there's a number of people that are in their last third of their life. Some in the middle third, wherever you're at. But if you're in that last third, you're like, you know, I've I've already done it. No, you didn't, because you're not dead yet. Can't just be blunt you're alive. That means God's got a plan for you. You're you're not done until you're done. So pay attention to what God is calling you to be and do and say, God, if you're with me, I'll do it here. This is our answer, if I can find it, because verse four, the Lord saw that Moses was interested. Are you interested today? Are you going to look for God? So God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And church, here's our answer. Here I am. That's it. Here I am. And I learned from Moses I'm not going to give you excuses because you're going to override them. In fact, you're not even going to address my, my, my excuses. I'm going to have an excuse and you're going to go, I am with you. And What am I going to say to that? Uh, big deal it's a huge deal no excuses here I am I'm gonna go he's gonna give you what you need where God guides he provides he leads you things we need to get a hold of what it is that he's leading us to I see ministry in this room the word ministry just means service I see people who can serve People in your neighborhood, in the schools, at your work, in this community. I see ministry. Change that word in your, your mind. Service is ministry. Can I serve? I can serve. That means I can minister. God is calling each and every one of us to service, to ministry. In your neighborhood, in your school, in your work, in this community. And maybe some of you, God's got a, a, a call like he did for Moses. I don't know, but God does. Take the time to look aside at some ordinary events. Look for God. And let Him tell you what His plan is. And then go. Let's close in prayer. God, what's exciting about this message is that you have an individual call for everyone in here. Because you have a part for everyone to play. Nobody's life is... Is done yet, and you want to use us. And I pray, God, that we'd each be willing, we'd be available, but not just available, we'd be looking to see you, even in ordinary events. Help us to see the miracle of God happening in ordinary events, and then speak to us and lead us. God, help us to be a people to say, Here I am, and be obedient and go. Father, we thank you that you will give us what we need when we need it. You'll equip us if we'll be available and obedient. Pray for your strength. God, I pray for that resolve in us that says, I am not going to just keep tending sheep. I'm going to move on to what the Lord has me. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.